0: We have many tall tales to tell.
1: They're not tall tales. They're the truth,
0: unfortunately. (laughs) But people are going to be like, there's no way this is real. Dear God, it's real. It's real, right? Okay, everyone. Here we are, first time, best time, I don't know if it's going to be the best time, but it's going to be the first I don't time. Know about that. It's going to
1: be pretty bad, probably, but that's
0: okay. Okay. Very good way to be <laughs> optimistic. Thanks a lot. That's me. I'm Miss Optimist. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Life in the Pink House and Beyond. We are your hosts, Marissa and Barb's. And Barb's, Barbie, Barbie Garrison, the legend, the, the ghost, the myth, I don't think you're a myth,
1: you're here. It kind of sounds like Buzz Lightyear, like life in the pink house and beyond. <laughs> and beyond. Beyond. What <laughs> in the world? It's
0: um, okay, we'll keep it. We'll, we'll keep it, I like it. Um, shout out to um, Jillian Atwood for this awesome title um it's so fitting everyone backstory um barbs actually lives in a pink house my entire family so back lives in a pink house so back this story up so when this house was built it
1: was pink and before we lived there and i always um would ride down that road and be like look at the pretty pink house and i loved it and um so it changed hands a couple times And in the time that it changed hands, it was not, it was repainted. It was not pink anymore. And when we bought it um, almost 10 years ago, it was not pink. And everybody would be like, oh, you bought the pink house. I'm like, yeah, but it's not pink anymore. And I'm like, but it will be pink again one day. And my husband, dear Philip, would say, everyone will know when I die because it'll, the house will be pink the next week, (laughs) (laughs) which it came time to paint the house. And we got some kind of, I don't know what this stuff is called, but it's like you put it up, rhino shield or something. I don't know. You put it on your house, you're supposed to never paint it again. And so he was like, what color do you want to paint the house? And, of course, I looked at him and I said, well, you know what color I want to paint the house. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked at me, this Iron Maiden loving man. Who is not a pink house kind of guy. And
0: if you don't know what Iron Maiden is, because half of you that are probably listening to this podcast are like, what's that? It's a heavy metal band. My dad is a huge Iron Maiden fan, but he likes lots of heavy metal stuff. But anyway, <laughs> he is not the guy who would ever even look at a pink house. Absolutely not. And he looked
1: at me and said, if you really want the house to be pink, you can paint it pink. And it makes me so happy. Every day I drive up and I'm I'm like, I love my pink house. I just love my pink house. And it was just a testament to a partner doing something for you just because he do not really care if it's pink or not. It's whatever. But it makes me happy. So, he let me do it. So, that is a mantra that some of my friends will tell their husbands. They're like, well, Barbie's husband let her paint her house pink. So, you can let me do X, Y, Z. So, sorry about that.
0: But (laughs) it's a good it's a good intro story to our podcast because I think it's hilarious that we're calling this Life in the Pink House and Beyond because Life in the Pink House is you and Beyond is me because I don't even know where I'm going to be in the next couple of years. Nope. I literally, it's so nope. crazy. Well, so Beyond is you. like, it's like question mark, like Life in the Pink House and wherever, wherever Marissa
1: is wherever is. Wherever you go, we go. That's right.
0: It's so funny. And the craziest part is they decided to paint this house pink after I moved out. Whoops. Like literally was out of the house. I said, "You've got to be kidding me!" They painted painted this house pink, and all my friends that I mean, half of Mount Holly knows where my mom lives. Um, and they're like, "Of course she painted the house pink. I mean, she's Barbie. I mean, like, what else is she gonna do?" Barbie
1: needs a pink house. She needs a pink house now. Barbie needs a pink car.
0: Oh God. Okay. That's what I want next. That's the next, and not a minivan. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Not a yeah, you, minivan. You've graduated for the minivan years. How does it feel? I mean, I'm
1: not really graduated. I still you've have two, two kids. kids in the
0: house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but Tristan's going to be driving in
1: the next two years. Thank God. Yes. Signed him up for driver's ed this week. That was momentous. Eventful. Yeah. Him driving is going to be something. Yes. So, yeah.
0: Well, yes. Yeah, so, a lot of people don't know um, a whole lot about me and my mom. Um, just to give you a little intro, this video is mostly video. (laughs) I'm so used to talking on videos. This podcast is going to be focused mostly on um, my mom and I, our relationship and kind of the dynamics getting y'all getting to know us. I've gotten people to ask some questions on Instagram. um, So that can kind of segue into you know finding out more about us but who are you tell us who you are Marissa <laughs> oh my god who are you Marissa well basically backstory on me and my mom my mom went to the University of Chapel Hill uh, just the University this. of North Carolina at Chapel Hill oh dear god let me just say it sorry okay
1: <laughs> I, I didn't graduate from university so, oops. <laughs> college
0: dropout was drop
1: so I'll start with me okay Oh, Oh! whoops. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Born and raised in Mount Holly, North Carolina. Small town living. Graduated from East Gasson High School. Went to University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Fun fact, my degree is I have a Bachelor of Science in Radiologic Science. That's my fun fact to tell everyone. And I own a dance studio. So there's that. <laughs> whoops. So long, do long do st- what makes you yes. happy, people. Long
0: story short, do what you want to do.
1: <laughs> yes. Now, I did enjoy my time in healthcare. I worked in healthcare for 10 years and it was wonderful and I loved it. However, um, I opened my dance studio when I was 22 and it wasn't something I had. You know, I thought maybe I would open a dance studio, but I never really wanted to be a dance teacher growing up. I wanted to be a dancer because I didn't think I had the patience to work with children, which is really funny um, because now people tell me all the time, you are the most patient person I've ever met in my you whole really life. really are. And I don't feel like I'm <laughs> patient at all, um, but apparently I act, I'm a good actress as well. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> So there's that. Anyway, the studio that I had grown up dancing at, I came, you know, we moved back home. Oh, in the in the meantime, I get married when I'm in college because, you know, I think I'm grown. And, you know, I get married when I'm 20 and my husband's 19. We're still married. You know, thank God he turned out okay and I did too. <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> <that> <laughs> praise could, God. That could have went up in flames, but it didn't. Praise God. Anyway, so moved back home. I'm 22. I've been married for two years. We decided to move back to the area because we want to be around family. And um, I go to teach for my old studio owner, and she has just had her 50th recital. And she says, I think I'm pretty much done with it, and unless you want to take it over. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. But she was like, I believe in you. I think you can do it. Really think you can. And so at 22, I decided to open Barbie's Encore Dance Productions, if I could have, you know, if I could go back in time and dance <laughs> something else, I, I would. It's way too long.
0: And half of our kids have no idea where they day dance. They're like They just Barbie's, say Miss Barbie.
1: Miss they just Barbie. say Miss Barbie's. That's, yeah. that's easy enough. I should I don't know what I should have called it, but I think about it all the time. But someone told me, they said, put your name in the title because when people say, where do you dance? they can't remember the name of the studio. All they remember is the name of the teacher. So they they're like, you need to have your name in the name of your studio. That way people can find you and they can remember. And then Encore came from um, our competition groups when we were going growing up. They were Senior Encore, Junior Encore, Mini Encore. And that was just kind of like a nice little throwback to The history at at Christine McConnell School of Dance. That was our competition groups were the encore groups, and I just thought dance production sounded fancy because I wanted it to be a production. I didn't want it to be um, just dance. I wanted kids to also, you know, learn how to perform and how to, you know, use dance in you know, everyday life, and growing life lessons, and all the things, and life is a production, so kind of wanted that to all tie in, and we can talk more about the studio later, and kind of like our, our, you know, ideas, and our goals for our dancers that we train, um, but that's how all that happened, but anyway, four kids later, and, and <laughs> 25, this is our 25th year of having the studio, um, still happily married, my husband works for a bank, and he works um, advising people with their money, so there's that. And he loves his job. And he loves his job, and it's so funny because he wears a suit to work every day, and then he comes home and puts on his Iron Maiden t-shirt, and people see him outside of his job, and they don't even recognize them they're so him. thrown they have no idea they're like, they're like
0: this is a different man <laughs> it's a different man yeah he's like man. hannah montana he
1: is and <laughs> Wait, <we laughs> he need... gets the best best of both worlds <laughs> the best of both, both worlds i have i have shout out to invisilon <laughs> for fixing <laughs> my janky teeth but oh. oh i had this God. one tooth that was out of out of alignment and when you would well, take picture... kind of why you need it
0: in well this yeah a
1: line yeah now it's <laughs> a line and people would um take pictures of it and it would look brown i had a brown tooth and so i was like my daughter's getting married i cannot have janky teeth in all oh these pictures God. so after taking my youngest keenan to get his him for his um you know, fitting for his orthodontia that he desperately needed, he had busted piano <laughs> keys for his teeth. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so, it was <laughs> so bad. Um It's I, okay, y'all. He he he, he tells knows everyone that <laughs> he owns it. Yes, I don't know. He probably is pretty offended about that. But anyway, Um <laughs> oh well, he'll get over it. I was like, you know, I never do anything for myself, and I'm gonna get this Invisalign, and I love it, but it makes me
0: lisp. It, you got a lisp, girl. Like a little bit of luff it's okay, girl.
1: It's okay. I won't wear them for. You still slay. Yeah. It's okay. okay. So, Marissa, I had her when I was 25. So, she's our oldest and Philip and I had been married for five years and, um, and we had lots of ups and downs trying to get pregnant and have a baby and, you know, we had, you know, several things that happened. So, we were so, 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 so happy to have her and then with the rest of them, they just, you know, came right along we didn't have issues it was just that should have just told us everything it was just me it was just you (laughs) i was it's me hi i'm the problem it's me so a little backstory about marissa oh no marissa as a child i have three boys marissa's my oldest she's my only girl and she was the wildest of all the kids i have a really hard time
0: believing that
1: she was crazy (laughs) (laughs) sorry you were not crazy in a bad way just like how is it crazy in a good way though off the wall just always all the world's a stage and we already knew when we you know all the things that Marissa has done it's so funny because it's like we're, we're not really surprised because we have we're we're happily I don't know if that we'd say we're surprised it's weird because we just knew that she would be doing something like this because literally since she could talk and walk she was singing and dancing and it was a performance for everyone her brothers would play soccer or whatever and she you know they'd have a timeout and she would literally run onto the field <laughs> and do a whole routine just you know and people were just, and people would clap. I'm like, why are y'all clapping for her? Don't encourage her. She's crazy. And she, <laughs> it, in her world, it was her world and everybody else was just there to enjoy it. Is that true main character
0: energy? For it sure? was,
1: it was main character. Before I knew what that was, like, that's a new thing. Like, main character energy. Like, that's a, like, in the five, last five years thing, kind of thing. You were a little girl. You always had main character energy. Energy. Still can't talk. <laughs> So it's funny because I can remember people telling me she's, I don't know what she's gonna do, but like this girl's, they didn't say she was crazy. I said she was crazy. <laughs> it was you, it was me. She was just wild. I'm talking like cutting back flips off the couch, kind of wild. Those kinds of kids. But it's funny because I have kids that are like that that come in to dance. And I'm like, and their parents are like, oh, my God, this kid's crazy. What? Uh, good luck. And I'm like, yeah, but those kids make good dancers because they don't get tired. And, and they're fearless. <laughs> and they're fearless. And they are they just. They don't care
0: what people think. They don't
1: care what people think. They're usually very happy kids. And they just come in, and they are just living their best life. And I'm like, isn't that how a kid should be? Like, girl, you just go do. You want to, you know, wear your Esmeralda dress to Target and sing you know whatever song to everybody coming down the aisle like marissa used to do i'm like you go for it
0: yeah you, like pop-off queen that's right pop-off little queen yes a okay. big princess
1: that's right God, what am I gonna talk about? Well, let's start from. Let's
0: see. Let's start from the. I was beginning. born in two thousand one. It's been eighty four years. <laughs> That's what it feels like. My body said you're eighty four years old. And yeah. Literally, my hip said you're eighty four. Yeah. years you good now? You got a, you got a new one. You good? I got a new hip. You're good. Okay, where do I start? Um, well. First of all, yes. Um obviously I was, uh, yes, I was a crazy. a crazy child. <laughs> uh, not much has changed. <laughs> no. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I'm a little more refined. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah don't yeah. you agree? That's okay. Crazy. Well, let's just say I started dancing. Mom decided also that it was time for me to to start going into classes because I was just already naturally dancing around the house and I mean, she owned a dance studio, like... She was there anyway. I was there anyways. Like, it just made sense. So, I had my first recital at 13 months old, literally barely walking. Um, yes. mm-hmm. We had our first dance together. My first recital dance was with No, my no, mom. no, no, no.
1: Yes, yes. You did not take class that year. No. But your first recital that you appeared in, you were, you were actually not even a year old, and you couldn't even walk yet, and you and I did a little dance together, and basically you just stood on the stage, and you couldn't walk. Because for whatever reason, you would not walk. Probably because you were the first one and we carried you everywhere. And you just, you know, yeah you were spoiled. So anyway, I was press, yeah. Yeah, you were pressed. And she just kind of like did some plies and squatted on the stage and waved her arms around. That was her first recital. But then I did let her join the class when she was 13 months old that fall when things started back up again. Because she was actually really good at following directions and would stand in her spot and could, you know, could mimic. And do all the things, and so I was like, I mean, we're not having to deal with separation from the parent, which I don't know how she would have done in a situation like that. I was the teacher, right? so I don't know, you know, lots of kids um, can't separate from mom at that age, you know, that's very, very normal, Um, and they cry, and sometimes they, you know, will get over it, and then sometimes they just have to wait a little bit longer to start, but, obviously, she was with her mom, so she was fine. Yeah. But she danced that whole first year, and she did her first recital. She was still one. Um, she was almost two. She was It was in May, and she turned two in June, so that was her age. But we'll I have to find video of this, because this was pretty hilarious. She would not leave the stage. After it was over, she clapped for herself. And... Uh, <laughs> I was like, yay, and clapped, and the lights would go out, and all the kids would leave the stage, and she would not leave the stage. She kept clapping for herself and saying yay, and the audience was dying laughing. That's why shes I I was like, oh, God, we already knew, because she was just a ham. She had already realized in that young age the reaction you could get from the audience and how to get a reaction from people, and she already knew she liked it. And we Mm -hmm. were like, oh, and we're like, get the cane, pull this baby off the stage, and everything. It was all history after that.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like ever since I have, you know, had the the ability to have memories, like, dance has been a huge part of my life. But not just dance. Like, I mean, I grew up a dancer, but more so just being a performer. Like, I, I like to say that, you know, I grew up a dancer, but I wasn't like, a quote unquote studio rat like yeah. I was not somebody who eats, sleep pray dance every does, single day does. like I, I I loved entertaining I loved performing I loved acting I loved singing I kind of dabbled in it all I had no interest for anything else um the only thing that was a little different from those three things which wasn't really that different was uh, gymnastics. I had an interest in learning some skills, basically because I wanted to catch up with some other kids I knew during the time that I was getting to be about the age of six and seven. That incorporating gymnastics in a dance was getting really popular and and I wanted to yeah also
1: she was trying to do a lot of things on her own (laughs) because again I was crazy (laughs) she was crazy and um you know we had tumbling at our studio but she was um and she did great and she always took those those classes but she needed um you know the special floors and things that we did not have at the studio like a tumble track Um, so she could you know throw the things that she wanted to throw because like I said fearless And she needed something a lot softer than just regular gymnastics mats. For sure. Where she could just, like, go ham on stuff. And so, uh, shout out to Rick and Renee Moody um, that they had Twist and Tuck in Lincolnton. And they were just so wonderful with her. Yeah. And um, just great, nurturing coaches. And we had a wonderful experience with Twist and Tuck. Learning lots and lots and lots of things that she wanted to learn. And they always provided a very positive environment. Um, for her, and uh, we loved our time there, but it just got to the point where, um, you know, she was on the pre-team, and then they wanted her to be on the team, and it got to the point of, you know, she was doing, you know, about four classes of dance, and then she was, you know, had like two hours of tumbling, which I thought was enough, plenty for a six- and seven-year-old, plenty, and the team was two times a week of two hours each time, and so at about eight, I had to say, okay, are you going to be, do you want to be a dancer that tumbles or do you want to be a tumbler that is good at the dance skill part of it? And unfortunately at eight, you know, it did come down to that because I just knew that doing both would be too much. That is just too much. You just have to know for your children, you have to know their limits and you have to know, um, you know, there's there's training a good performer and, you know, investing in your child and, and you know, um, making sure that they get to do all the things um, that you put forth as a parent so they can be successful in what they want to do. But you cannot burn them out. And right. I was just very conscious because she loved it so much. She loved dance so much. And she loved tumbling, too. And I never wanted it to be to where she didn't want to go or or just was just tired of it. I just was very, very conscious. I mean, there's such a fine line of doing, you know, enough and then just taking it too far. And when you take it too far, you burn kids out and they just, they lose their happiness with dance. And lots of times it doesn't even have anything to do with the teacher or the kids Anything like that it's it's just sometimes the number of hours they're putting in yeah. kids just need time to to be a kid they to
0: veg out they
1: do they just need some downtime yeah. they just need um you know lots of you know just time to to just be normal yeah. and um and when Marissa was eleven, she tried out for um she was taking ballet at Gast and dance theater with Tina Deese. Yeah, um, She's Tina Huggins now, who is also our ballet mistress at my studio now. We are so lucky to have Miss Tina, and she has just done amazing work with my dancers. We just are so, so thankful for her. She was teaching at Gaston Dance
0: when Marissa was about
1: seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that was
0: about the time that we had a transition after gymnastics because yes. after we had that conversation... I knew that I needed to up my technique. Um, Mm -hmm. I was well aware enough at that age about what I needed to do because Mm -hmm. I had known, gosh, since, I knew that you could be a professional dancer. That that's what I wanted to do, or a professional performer in right. any capacity. And I acquired the skills that I wanted. I got an aerial. I got around a back handspring. I had a layout at one point. Like mm-hmm. I had a bunch of skills that I was. It was all she needed. For yeah, dance. that's it all, was all good. I wanted. It was enough. Yeah, like it was enough. And we knew that it was time for me to. To really go Get hard back on into, the ballet, yes, yeah, 100.
1: percent Well, we ended up at Gaston Dance. Um, we actually went for a Nutcracker audition. They ha- had an open audition, and um, Marissa honestly just made friends with with a lot of the girls, and yeah. um, you still, know, still and are still keeping keep yeah. in touch with all those girls and some great moms there, and um, and loved Miss Tina. And at the time, at our studio, we just did not have. The number of hours that she was wanting mm-hmm. to devote to ballet um, at our studio, and so you know, I've always told my kids at my studio, if you want more ballet, you be and you want to go to another ballet studio and get extra ballet, be my guest. Yes, I mean that. Yes, I, any ballet, same for tumbling. You want to go somewhere and get some tumbling? Be my guest. Yes, you go do whatever you need to do to get to be the skills that you want. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, So she was dancing at our, at my studio and then also dancing at Gaston Dance, Gaston Mm -hmm. Dance Theater. Um, Had a great, you know, did Nutcracker and had all the spring ballets and had, you know, wonderful experience there. Um, But when she was 11, um, we went for an intensive at at the um, University of North Carolina School of the Arts and they had an audition, um, you know, and they wanted her, um, they wanted her for the summer and it was six weeks and she was 11, and she also, you know, auditioned for Joffrey and for American Ballet Theater, and she got into all of those, and I, we just finally was kind of like, oh, God, no, I'm not ready for all this. It's like yeah. she auditioned for all of it and got everything, and we were like, okay, now wait. No, I don't know about all this. She's 11 years old, and I look at my youngest now, Kenan, and he is 11, and there is no way <laughs> on God's green earth <laughs> that I would send him anywhere by himself no for a week he would probably would not brush his teeth that whole week oh no or put on deodorant yeah or probably not even change clothes yeah probably not he would probably wear the same clothes for the whole week i agree um oh god i can't even think about it 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 would be bad it would be so bad bad. (laughs) it'd be so bad but anyway she's 11 and we so i agreed to let her go to joffrey and I think it, I can't remember if it was one week or two weeks, but, but she went and she got to stay in the dorms, you know, completely mm-hmm. on her own. And she had this little, um, like flip phone, like the kind that you could like text, like, mm-hmm. you know, it was bejeweled and it was bejeweled. Yes. It was cute. And so she could she text cute. me and she could call me. She couldn't really text. It was one of those where you had to push the one, like three times to get a C. So bad, you know, one of those. So really, she would just call me, and she would call me, you know, a couple times, a, you know, day like after lunch, going to bed, um, and she went and did that, and that was enough. And yeah. and I can remember um, Jess, and if if you don't know who Jess is, you'll hear us talk about Jess a lot. Jess, so Jess, so when people say now who is Jess,
0: everyone asks this. Like it's very hard. All to of kn- my DCC sisters are like, wait.
1: Now, who's who's
0: Jess? So, Jess is... So,
1: this is how I describe Jessica. Jessica is kind of like my daughter, but she's only 11 years younger than me. Yeah. So, we have, like, a mother-daughter relationship, but then we also... um, She also is a dance teacher at my dance studio, but then I had her... Like, when I opened my studio, she was 12 when I took over um, and turned it into Barbie's Encore Dance Productions, um, she was, I think, 12, and so she was one of, you know, my dancers, and I, but then I also taught Jess when I was in high school, um, like, I would teach classes back when it was my studio growing up, I and mean, when she was a little girl, like, five, six, you know, so I had her then also taught, we go way back, but when I talk about Jess, you know, Marissa sees her as a sister because, yeah. because I, you know, kind of feel like I'm her mother sometimes, but then I'm not her mother because I'm only 11 years older than her. <laughs> it's so confusing. But Jess is my person. Yeah. As we finally just said, Jess is, my, she's my person. Yeah. She, if you watch Grey's Anatomy, she's, she's my person. We're, um you know, sometimes a little codependent on each other. Yeah, just a little. Just a
0: little bit. But that's but okay. honestly, I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of codependent on all of y'all,
1: too. Oopsies. It's okay. It's okay. Whoops. Oopsies. Oopsies. Oh, well. You know what? It's okay to be codependent on people if it's good people. So There's <laughs> it's that. It's good people. Okay, so I lost so... my train of thought. Oh, yes, it was. Jess said, <laughs> and Jess was young then. So if you were 11, she was what? How many years older is she than you? You're 13. 22. And Jess is 30. Let's see. How old am I? God, I don't know. You're 40. I'm 47. Yes. So, Jess is 36. Yeah. So, so that she's means
0: th- she's 24 years. Not 24. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Okay. Also, side, side, side note, note. I can't, I can't, can't do math. Do math. <laughs> Marissa can't do math. 14. She's 14 years older than
1: me. Okay. So, when, you know, when Marissa got into the things and was going to be gone, uh, or, you know, not going to be gone, but the opportunity was there, Jess was really the one that said, I would I just didn't think we would be telling her goodbye so early. That struck a chord with me, and I'm like, mm. you're right. Like, mm-hmm. she's a little girl, and I'm not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope, we're not doing that. Yeah. And and we could, and we could have sent her off to American Ballet Theater for the whole summer in New York City for six weeks, and she probably would have stayed, and she would yeah. have probably stayed in for the, for the fall semester. And I just was like, this is just not what I think – is gonna make her the happiest. Like, no. just because you can
0: achieve it doesn't mean you
1: sometimes should.
0: I mean, that's, I think, one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my lifetime is, you know, anywhere that can be amazing can also be not great, depending right. on the person and depending mm-hmm. on the experiences. Because, I mean, you could look at, you know, a beautiful sunny day. And somebody's going to say, this is a beautiful day. And somebody's going to say, it is too hot outside Mm -hmm. for me to be out here. And I think that that's true for any kind of wonderful experience that you can go through, that it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And I think at the time, you know, with me being 11 years old, and honestly, throughout the entire time that I was in school, I personally, I mean, regardless of what mom thought, but I personally did not think that it was wise for me to, take away that part of my life Mm -hmm. so early because I already knew that once that cap and gown came on and I crossed the stage, that it was was going to be time Mm -hmm. for me to go pursue the things I wanted to pursue. And that would be the time for me to get out of the house. and. I'm close with my family. I'm close with my friends. I love my hometown. I'm grateful for growing up there. I'm grateful for the training I got. I'm so glad I went to public school. I had Mm -hmm. a lot of life experience doing all of that. I feel like I would not be who I am today and have acquired all of the skills I have um, people skills, life skills, dance skills, all of the skills without living that life. As I would have Mm -hmm. if I had gone somewhere else, I would have probably been a way more technical dancer. But at the end of the day, like, it would have not have made much of a difference. And would yeah. I have had the courage to go do the things that I did without having the life experience that I ended up having? Yeah. That's another thing. Like, you, you just. You probably wouldn't have. I doubt it. Well,
1: see, we're on this big dance mom's kick.
0: <laughs> We've been rewatching it for the weekend. Yes.
1: It's it's become my new comfort show, which Phil loves. Because, you know, Abby Lee Miller is just his famous favorite person <laughs> in the world to listen to <laughs> screaming at children when he's trying to go to sleep at night. So there's that. But, you know, we, we we watch it all the time. We're, I'm here in Florida with her now. And, you know, we've got it on in the background. And I'm just looking at some of these kids. And, I, you know, we talked about it the other day. I'm like, these kids, you know, you know them going through that. They thought, you know, this is great. I, you know, I'm, all, I'm on TV. And this is so awesome. And, you know, but they're just kind of like going through the motions. And now when you talk to all those kids... You're hard pressed to find one that looks back on that time favorably.
0: Yeah. And, and all of them are like, I never wanted to dance again. They were very I would never go back. Yeah. Like
1: very, 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 very traumatized. And I'm like, that is so sad. sad yeah. That's so sad that they thought that they were, you know, just showing what their little dance stuff and on you know, on T V and all the things and you know, side note Marissa, um so <laughs> So sad story. Abby Lee came to um, Charlotte when Marissa was about ten or eleven, twelve, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Probably like 6th, 7th, seventh, eighth I think grade, was in grade, somewhere in there, somewhere in middle school. So she comes to Charlotte and she's bringing Maddie and she's bringing Gianna, and I think that was the only ones that came. Maybe Gianna went there. I can't really remember. Mackenzie. Maybe Mackenzie was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Melissa. Anyway, she's just going to do like a master class and a meet and greet. So we're like, bet we're gonna go. So um, Marissa went. Several dancers from our studio went. Miss Jessie went. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jess was there. Yeah. So anyway, we a bunch of us go and we're like, we we have, you know, we're just going to meet Addie and and um, what's her name, Maddie, and just to take a class, just because that was back in the heyday of Dance That Moms. was
0: like Dance Moms
1: prom, like Dance Moms season three, like big time Dance Moms. So we go to this master class and Abby starts pulling kids from the crowd, and so, um, so Marissa gets pulled, and Jenna got pulled, um, and they, they kept cutting, and cutting, and cutting, and she had them do all kinds of dance, and dance stuff, but then she also had them sing, she Mm -hmm. had them, um, speak, and do lots of different things, and at the end, she kept, I think it was about five of them, and you're talking hundreds of girls. She kept five of them to come to her booty camp in the summer in Pittsburgh for two weeks for free, Um, and Marissa was one that she invited to come. And so we just kind of, you know, we went, Marissa got to dance with all the girls from the show at their booty camp, you know, it was a, it was kind of an open invitation to a lot of different girls. I think now looking back on it, I think that maybe it was when Abby was kind of, Looking around and seeing that there were good dancers everywhere, just not in it her is area. It was circa the
0: time where they were trying to make like a second team. second team for yes. the junior elite team to go against. Kalani was there. Nia, Brooke, and Paige were gone. They were not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't even think Chloe was there anymore. I can't remember. Um, I just I remember. Can't remember. The, I remember Nia was there. Yeah. She was very
1: sweet. Maddie very was nice. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: We had honestly like we had a good experience. we had a good yes. experience. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously. It was not long enough for us to see the toxicity that was that environment. And, of course, there was, I'm sure, a very big front put on um, Mm -hmm. because so many people were there. But I have to also say that production was not there. And Mm -hmm. knowing what I know now about reality TV, Mm -hmm. there is a level of toxicity that is put into place when there is a camera on, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's just manufactured situations or, you know, Production provoking emotion out of you. I mean, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong, and but there's also it can also bring out like the worst in people too.
1: Well, yeah. Well, Maddie on Dance Moms. I was telling Marissa I had seen some an interview that she did, and she was saying that you know when they filmed season one, she would say things. They would prompt her to say things like. Um, Do you think you're the best? Do you think you're going to win? And she, you know, how do you think this is going to go? Do you think you're going to get first place or do you think you're going to get second place? And then Maddie now as a, you know, however old she is, 19-year-old woman or however old she is, she said, you know, I look, when we got to watch it, like after the show was put together and we got to see episode one, she said, I remember watching it. And crying and saying, "I look like a brat, like what the heck?" Mm-hmm. But she said, "I was just, I was young, and I was answering their questions." Yeah. And I'm thinking, "Yep, yep, yep, that's uh-huh. yep, and that's how that's how it is." And you know, Marissa's been led to say things yeah. with production that she knew better. To not say, you know, being led to say, do you think you're the best one in the room? Or do you think you've got this in the bag? Things like that. I was legitimately
0: asked those questions Mm -hmm. being on DCC. Like, I... From production. From production. I mean, I they knew they knew what they were doing they knew I was 18 they knew I was young
1: they just thought she was stupid and she'd go <laughs> along with it and they did not know that she was like hum, hum, hum. I, knew yeah, what I doing. know
0: I know what you're doing and I'm not gonna make myself look bad but you're crazy. I mean they got me several times where I was in honestly like a mental war with myself because mm. honest to god I had no clue where I stood the entire time I was in training camp, even after I made choker, I had no idea where I stood. So, fun fact: the, and
1: those of you who don't know us and don't know our story, we'll go more into DCC later. But she, the day she made show group, they could call us from the bubble, and we'll go. We'll do a whole episode about the bubble. Yes, That'd be great. A That's episode. a great <laughs> idea. She <laughs> called me from the bubble, and she said, "I think I might be going home." she was okay she wasn't crying she said i i've not had my best day uh you know i just i just i don't know i just i think that i'm mm, i've just got a funny feeling i'm a pretty good reader of people
0: yeah, um she, and we had show group auditions the day before and i did not grow up kicking um that kick lines were a very new concept to me um i have good flexibility but I mean it's just a whole different breed whenever you're kicking in a line with a bunch of women and you know, it's a lot of strength it's a lot of flexibility and girls and in
1: Texas do it like all the time I mean it you have high school kick line teams with the drill teams drill teams yeah. and and college goes into college and it is like you know, 200 girls doing these beautiful kicks. And they it's have so they have done them since they were little girls. Yeah. And they've been taught how to do them properly mm-hmm. and all the things. And, and that's just not something we do no. in North Carolina. I mean, at all. There's, it's just not a thing. I mean, she knows how to kick, but it not like, you know, hooked up to people and just the repetition of it over and over and over and yeah. over and over. I mean, so she had show group auditions. And it was just, she said,
0: I just remember her saying, telling me, I was just kicking for my life. I don't even know what it looked like. I, I had no idea. I mean, I got off the stage, and it was honestly survival. Like, it was our first time doing Thunderstruck and doing the kick line all together. And I thought to myself when I got off the stage, I have no, no freaking clue. idea what I just did. And I'm sure that looked like total doo-doo. Yeah, that looked bad. <laughs> and, and she's like, I just don't know I what mean, it like. I mean, I performed, but at the same time, like... This was probably a week and a half, maybe two weeks at that point into the bubble, and I was tired. And it was a very isolating week because we had to stay apart. Like we got to talk to the girls, and I had decent relationships with the girls at that point. But at the same time, like we weren't getting to talk. They and had them so secluded. We were so secluded. And then at every night, like. I was so overwhelmed and stressed, and I just did not want to practice because I feel like that is all I felt like I could do being there because we were doing it all day long that I had to force myself to, like,
1: mentally rest,
0: put away my cell phone, lay in bed, and force myself to watch some TV or something to just not think about it because... I was like, I've done what I need to do at this point. I've practiced to the point where I'm sick. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. but And at this point, it's just in God's hands, mm-hmm. just point blank, period. Like, if I'm meant to be on this team, mm-hmm. I will be on this That's team. Right. If I'm not, I'm not. And it's right. okay. Yeah. It's going to be fine. And, and, and nothing is going to do me any good by worrying myself sick about it. So I might as well just lay in bed and watch some TV at this mm-hmm. point. That's um, So... Back to the point, I honestly thought I was going home because I did not feel like I did a great job. Oh, and remember that there
1: was like, it was like a tiny stage or something and you said you were supposed to do like your round off back flip or
0: something? (laughs) Or was it a back handspring? I I was supposed to do a round off back handspring during my solo and um, the stage, mind you y'all, this was a rough stage. We lovingly call it the cheese grater stage. Um, That's what my whole rookie class calls that stage. It was a textured stage and... Um, so many of us left that stage bloody with cuts and bruises. And, I mean, I have a permanent mark on my left leg from that stage. Um, mm. Jada was so cut up on her feet. I will never forget that. That was the craziest thing. And um, I remember. And it was small. It was tiny. And I remember I was heading to do a round-the-back handspring. And I can already tell from the depth perception that there was absolutely no way that I was going to execute this without falling off the stage and so I didn't it was like my brain could not think like I did a round off and did some kind of whack tuck jump something or other we're still so mad that there
1: seems to be no video there's no video of my solo there's what they showed on tv yeah but there's not like a full video like that someone recorded. There, There is somewhere. There is somewhere. There is somewhere. We'll have to dig that we're out. i going to dig but that But I remember her calling me and saying, I did like a round off and some kind of little five-year-old job. I don't even know what it looked like. And I was like, oh, dear God. Oh, yeah, no. It was rough. And we're, of course, thinking, great. This is being filmed. And yeah, this on TV. And of all the wonderful things that you probably did in this solo, that's what they're going to show on TV. Of course. They're yeah. going to edit it. And they're going to show, you know this little five-year-old jump and be like hmm she's struggling mm. yeah. and then
0: you know of course I the... mean honestly they had their they had their share to edit the show any way they wanted to I mean I would say we all got the same level of praise and critiques, good and bad but, yeah. yeah I mean oh, I had yeah. so many you know critiques where I was like oof yeah that's probably gonna be on the show and you mm-hmm. know it just is what it is at this point but I mean, like I said, literally had no idea where I stood. and told
1: me she was coming home. I would, had packed had my packed suitcases. Suitcase. Like,
0: I was mm-hmm. I was ready. Um, and they called us all down to announce show group. And, honestly, I'm not even really paying attention because I know I'm not. I mean, it's nice to see who has achieved this because you get to know the girls decently. And, like, you want everybody to be successful. She but really
1: did not expect I
0: really that. did not. And, um... So I was shook, and um, but even after you know making show group, I was petrified because I was like thinking to myself, okay, well, I could still get cut. Um, my spot is not secure. Um, I'm going to be the first person in history <laughs> mm-hmm. to be to make, show uh, make show group and get cut from cut. the yeah. team. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I knew it could happen because you know, you're still getting critiques. And then you still have production interviewing you and saying things like, don't you think you're going to get cut tonight? (laughs) Well, now I do because you're hearing conversations that I'm not. Mm -hmm. So that's scary, you know, and everyone, I mean, I know I have friends of mine who purposefully dodge production. Like they would, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they would run to the bathroom knowing that they were going to get interviewed just to dodge it because it caused a lot of stress and anxiety and and overthinking just unnecessary things that you just don't mm-hmm. want to have to deal with whenever you're just trying to focus on on achieving a goal and you know it's hard it's hard to do that i would
1: say too with reality tv um you know we are big fans of reality tv we love the bachelor and the bachelorette that's love, what we love, love. yes um dance
0: moms of course
1: obviously yes, you know and i watch a lot of you know tlc of like I love all the 90 Day Fiancé, that whole saga. I watch all of those. All of that's reality TV. Um, So, you know, we're big fans of reality TV. We watched it for years and years and years. I don't know if I'd say fans, but we like the shows, you know. Yeah, it's Um, entertaining. We're we're, we're not stupid people. You know, we know that, you know, questions can be led for this. And editing, obviously, you know, you can Mm -hmm. edit things um, this way and that. Um so when the show was out that very first year when she was on the show, um we it was it was exciting because it was like, Okay, this is gonna be the week that they show this and this is exciting, but there was a lot of stress associated with it. Um from me as her mom and her being on the show and obviously I'm sure from all the other girls mm-hmm. of oh God, this is the week that this happened. This happened and how are they going to spin this? I mean, I remember. What are they going to show of this? And are they going to paint me in a positive light? Or are they going to paint this in more of a negative light? And they could really go either way. I mean. And uh, and then it it would come on, and sometimes they wouldn't even show it at all. And you're like, okay,
0: well, dodge that bullet. Literally one night, I sobbed in my hotel room. Um, It was the night Travis Wall came. And I was so excited because, I mean, every dancer dreams of working with somebody like Travis Wall um who's like a very well-known choreographer has had a very successful career um and just to be in the same presence in any capacity as him is pretty awesome but I remember I was learning the combo I was retaining it well I felt like I was executing it well and we got in the room to do it for Kelly and Judy and I blanked I could not remember that combo to save my life I just kept forgetting it and kept forgetting it and You know, they did their special pull-out group. I was not in it. And I remember thinking to myself. um, I blew it. I blew it. Like, Mm -hmm. I felt in that moment, I was like, well, there goes my shot of, one, impressing Travis Wall. And, two, being on this team. Like, I Mm -hmm. felt like that was completely out the window. And I remember when that episode was going to air, I felt like I was going to throw up the entire time. Because it's just embarrassing whenever you're going through something and you know that you could have done a better job, but at the same time, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, it is completely completely out of your control. And you can't go back in time and do a better job. Mm-mm. And you can't talk to production about... Playing can we refilm with... this? Right.
1: like, Well, I think a lot of people, you know, don't... They, they appreciate that, you know, being on the show and trying out for the team is hard, but they don't realize the reality of, you know, people try out for things all the time and, and don't succeed and don't, you know, they, they get cut or, or whatever. And, but, you know, that is not filmed and shown to everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. And it is just like, you know, you, you, I, as a mom really feel for um you know the ones that their cuts are shown and they're so heartbroken and it's just
0: like we've all been there and that's it's happened to show. every well
1: I it's hap- it happens to everybody everybody gets cut nobody wins all the time I mean nobody it's just gets like, cursed all the time
0: prime example like with the bachelor and bachelorette like sh- she or he is going to choose one person at the end of this yeah. so all of these people are getting broken up with on live television. Oh my gosh. That is very much how it is. So,
1: yeah. Like,
0: you, you are, there are only going to be a certain amount of people who are going to achieve this. Right. And everybody else is going to have to have those heartbreaking conversations. Mm -hmm. you just And you just pray you're not one of them. But at the same time, that's just part of it. And like, you know what you're signing up for. That's right. But at the same time, it doesn't make it any easier. That's true. You know, it doesn't make Mm -hmm. it any easier at the end of the day. Like, you know it. You have to deal with that being a part of it. But it doesn't. Hope per se I mean right right at all um but then also
1: things that were good sometimes they don't really spin as good for example the episode with Charm LaDonna when she said the way they show it on the show is they show Marissa's group that that goes and she goes if I was cutting I would cut all I would have cut all of mm y'all or something like that yeah and that is what she said but they also did it another time. Like, she was like, we're going to have to see that again. And she had them go again. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot more complimentary things second, to say. To several
0: of us in, our, in the group. Mm-hmm.
1: like The I second mean, time. But, of course, they didn't show that part yeah. on TV.
0: And what people also don't know about that night. Oh, my gosh. We need to do a whole episode on the bubble. But what a lot of people also don't know about that night is we were not all in the room presently learning that combo
1: with oh my god! On yes. Zoom,
0: we were not um because we couldn't all be in the room without masks on at the same time. So we had breakout rooms, and you can see it on the show that we're in individual rooms. But there was an issue with the sound, and we, the group I was in, we didn't even hear the music. They didn't even know what song it was until we came into the room to do it full out. Like I was freaking out we were able they finally were able to communicate to kelly and judy that like a lot of the girls in the room in and it wasn't just our room it was another room as well That we had no idea what the song was because there was an issue with the airpods i cannot remember but it was some kind of technical issue that nobody um it was not really anybody's fault per se it was just it, it just was happened what it was and Zoom, it
1: was it was 2020, it was 2020. That, was that
0: was the issue yes and so they finally communicated to them like They need to go in this room and hear this music real quick. But I mean... When you're in the room you're still being judged. you mm-hmm. You're yeah. you like you're being judged the entire time that you're learning it. So here we are walking in all dirt to dur- clue clueless. Mm-hmm. We have no mm-hmm. idea what we're doing. Not even counts because it's a lot of those like boom pataka like that kind of stuff and we're like we don't even know, where we're too. <laughs> like, don't even know what we're boot catting to. Like cuz you the song don't even know what the song is. is. Yeah. And um so that was really scary. Oh, and let's film everybody oh, and, yeah. and get and, a live reaction of all of it. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the stuff that they showed of like us messing up I don't even think was from the time that we actually did it for the music. Probably not. I'm about ninety five percent sure that half of those clips were from us just trying to piece together what was supposed to be what, and right. that was really stressful. Um, yeah. But yeah, Which,
1: I mean, honestly, shout out to the organization for making a audition happened in 2020 because they were I think they were the maybe one of the only teams that we were the
0: only NFL that all uh, team that yeah that all uh,
1: stadium that that auditioned and actually performed like they just went above and beyond um and and just had so many accommodations to make it was truly groundbreaking that these girls were able to to perform and they performed the whole season and I remember thinking, you know, and they they danced to masks and it was all the things and they were socially distanced mm-hmm. and I remember thinking every game that I'd go to, I'd think, okay, they got to do that one. That was good. That was good. Okay. Crossing our fingers for next week or for yeah. the when the next game because you really just didn't know when things could change or the plug could be pulled on all of it and it was just like it was one of those things that we were literally every game we were celebrating, okay, you got to do another game, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome, you know, and it was just, um, it was just, when we look back on 2020, um, my oldest son, Reagan, he, (laughs) I remember, he was in high school in 2020, and, you know, he was a junior in high school, bless his heart, and he said, you know, coming out of it. He graduated in 2021. He said, when I think back on all that, it's like, it feels like a fever dream. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did? Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, we didn't go to school and like... It was like, the weirdest thing. Like, what? Thing. Like, it was
0: crazy. It was the craziest time. And honestly, like, we can go into a whole episode about this um, in the next upcoming episodes because I feel like 2020 itself needs its own chapter. Yeah, that's true. That was... Mm-hmm a very crazy year in a lot of different capacities for the both of us. I mean, yep. Yeah, I mean, we can go down a huge rabbit can hole with even that one. We go down that rabbit hole. I think hall. we Dear could. God, let's do it. Yes, let's do I it. I think we'll go down that rabbit hole. But I mean, to long story short, we've learned a lot from, you know, reality TV. We've learned a lot from, you know, things that we've done right, things we've done wrong, like mm-hmm. with us being a mother-daughter duo, like I'm mm-hmm. so grateful in in every capacity that my mom was so level-headed and making the right decisions for me because at the end of the day, she's my parent. She is who is in control for most of my upbringing, mm-hmm. if not all of it. Mm-hmm. And if the person in control is not going to do it in a healthy way, it's going to be disastrous. It's and, true. and she was able to direct my life and give me that independence. Like, I hate to say, like, because, yes, you have parental control. But my mom also had a fabulous way of being a parent, but also letting me be my own person and making me be independent. Yeah. And, you know, if you mess up, you have to deal with that. You have to deal with the confidence the consequences, confidence you have to deal with the consequences of your actions and she is not going to come up and clean up my mess like
1: no that's right and you know it's funny now because I said you could call it lazy parenting (laughs) you know like you have (laughs) helicopter parents and you have like all the different ones and ours I call it lazy parenting it's not lazy no but it's things like I don't have power school on my phone well one side note my power school has been messed up for years but you know what? She doesn't check my grades. whatever. Like, she didn't
0: check my grades. Yeah. She didn't, Psh. like. You know what? You sh- don't turn it in, that's on you. Yeah. Like, she knew what I wanted to achieve and what needed to be done to achieve it. And those, those standards were already set. Like, it was an understood situation. That's from, like, 10 years old on. Yeah. I yeah. mean, mm. we just. For, for all of my children. I could not have, one, gotten through That time in my life of, you know, just trying to navigate what I wanted to do. I mean, high school is very confusing for me um, in a lot of different capacities. God,
1: that's a whole episode. That's a
0: whole episode. We would love to deep dive into that. Mm -hmm. But it was a very, it was a very confusing time. Long story short, I had a hard time finding my people in high school. I dealt with a lot of mean girl situations and bullying and just crap that... Which I, we always
1: kind of roll our eyes at bullying because it's like... Nah, everybody's been bullied. Everybody's In been bullied. In some capacity. And yes. that's so
0: unfortunate, but it's it's accurate. Like, everybody's been talked about. Everybody's had dealt with some kind of, like, confrontational situation to some capacity. Mm. And, you know, I wouldn't say mine was terrible per se, but I had a really hard time trusting people. And mm-hmm. that was a hard lesson I had to learn from a young age um, mm-hmm. on that just not everybody's going to be happy for you and be your friend. No, and nobody, when... not everybody is going to clap
1: for you when you win.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's a really, really hard lesson to learn mm-hmm. when you're a young girl. It's hard. And, you know, I've, I've had dancers that I've had to tell that to and I've had to tell their, their mothers that like, unfortunately, not everybody is going to be happy for you when you win and you know they're just not because they want their own child to win yeah because and they're just not going to be able to do that for you you know but for my dancers I've you know always told them you know you you want to learn we want to learn how to win gracefully but even more importantly is learning how to lose gracefully Mm -hmm. because nobody wins every time no not one person I mean I tell them not even Maddie Ziegler yeah. one every time. Nobody. That is so, that's just such a twisted way of looking at dance and looking at dance competitions of win, 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 win. Because it's just, it's impossible. And it's just never going to happen. Nobody's ever going to win every, every time. single time. And if you're doing it to win a trophy, you're going to either burn out. Or you're going to be very unhappy your entire dance career. Mm. Because, you know, Marissa and I just got into a, a, you know, just kind of a routine of looking at each other sometimes in the car and shrugging and saying, it's just a dance competition. Right. Because that is what it just is.
0: It's just a dance competition.
1: You want to do well. And sometimes you win and we celebrate those wins. But you cannot go and just you know, beat yourself up for not placing some time or not getting the rank you got or not getting the rating you got, you know, you wanted to get or whatever. It is just not all that serious. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, in a theoretical sense too, with just life experience, like everyone is going to have triumphs, tribulations. They're going to deal with every single thing under the sun. Mm -hmm.
1: It's how you deal with it. And it's
0: how you deal with it. And, And you cannot have people surrounding you who are going to talk bad about you when you win Mm -hmm. and talk bad about you when you lose. Like, you just can't have those people because Mm -mm. they're the same people. And they're also the people who, (laughs) 10 years down the road... They were the ones that were laughing at you behind your back because you said you wanted to be a professional dancer. That's and right. they're the ones DMing you, hey, can you get me free tickets to a Cowboys game?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, and then that's exactly what happened. And, you know, a lot of people laughed at her in high school when she said she wanted to do these things. And it's so funny because, you know, she has her things that she wants to do. And I didn't care. And she didn't care. And I loved that she didn't care. And, you know, as she got a little older, she did start to care. And she, you know, cared too much about what people thought... And I, and I would say eight-year-old Marissa wouldn't have cared about that. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have cared. She would have done it anyway. And, you know, sometimes she would be like, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what people think. I mean, she could have went to college for free. She yeah. could have, you know, and a lot of people probably think, "God, oh, that is so dumb. I cannot <laughs> believe she didn't do that. Like, you know. I'm crazy. I would do <laughs> anything to go to college for free, man, I wish Reagan was in school for free, you know, I mean, you know, I wish there were opportunities for boys, like there are for girls, like Outstanding Teen and things like that, where they could, you know, you know, go another path besides the regular academic path from colleges getting, you know, scholarships, because it's just, there's just so, you know, there's not a lot of money out there for, for boys, there's a lot out there for girls, and, um, but it's just not what she wanted to do. That is just not what you want to do. No. What she wanted to do. And why are you going to do that? And yeah. not be happy. It's just dumb. It's dumb. Dumb. You just... you Why? Yeah. And so many people, you know, young girls, they, they don't know what they want to do when they're 18. And, you know, I never really realized it um, until I had children that were graduating from high school and moving into college. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, these kids having to know what they want to do the rest of their lives when they're 18. Like, what the heck? Like that is too young. They don't know what they want to do. Now, Marissa did. She knew exactly what she wanted to do. I was a rare
0: exception. She
1: is a very rare exception. Reagan knew he wanted to do something Yeah. medical.
0: And that's with Reagan being very well put together.
1: Yes. But Reagan is very, very well put together. And, um, He, you know, and he even was like something medical. I just don't know what. All through high school, and now he's, you know, hopeful of being a a physical therapist. But I mean, Tristan is coming into high school this year, and right now he says he wants to be a dermatologist, and he he has the personality of a dermatologist. If that (laughs) makes sense, if if maybe just acts like our dermatologist. I don't know, but. Maybe they're really? just similar. Maybe they're just similar. But I can see it. That's what he says he wants to be. But that might change 25 times. And that's real normal. Very and I'm normal. like, no no wonder kids change their majors like five times in college. Because, yeah. You don't know what you want to be. Yeah, you right. don't know what you want to do your whole life. And you know what? You don't have to do it. You know, you know, you come out. You might want to be a teacher. You might do that for 10 years. You might go back to school and become a nurse. Right. You might go back to school and, I don't know, do something else. Right. And you do you, boo. That's what you want to do to be happy. Do it.
0: Well, and I think that's the biggest thing is that people don't know what they want to do. And that's right. okay. But in return, they look at the people who do know what they want to do, and they just kind of snark at them, like, yeah, yeah, right, like, I don't know, I just, I, I have seen so much where I just cannot get over the fact that people just don't know how to be happy for other people, no, they don't. and, you know, why can't we all just rejoice in each other's, you know, successes, and we can be there for each other's failures, I mean, y'all know that I have had some very public triumphs, and some very public terrors that have happened mm-hmm. to me, that, you know, have heavily shaped me into who I am today in very positive and very negative ways. And, you know, just it's a part of life. And people go through so much that why are you going to stand in a corner and and not try to be a good person?
1: Mm-hmm. Why are
0: you going to do that? Like, why unhappy people?
1: Unhappy people like to make other people unhappy. Yeah. That's just, you know. It's just hard to understand, you know. Yeah. but It's hard to understand because we're not unhappy people. Yeah, that's fair. We're happy people. <laughs> I've been at Disney all day long today. I'm a happy person. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole episode, too. What does Barb's do at Disney? Oh, my God. Well, you know what I don't do is I don't eat. No. She's crazy. I y'all... don't know why
0: I'm fat, y'all, because I don't. I never well, eat. first of all, you are not fat. I'm not skinny. S- second of all, second of all, y'all, she does eat at Disney. I'm going to go ahead and give you the lowdown. <laughs> This is going to be our ending segment. What does Barbie eat at Disney? Um, okay, let's start. Number one. Okay, well, I'm going to give you the rundown two of the coffee when yes. I wake like up. Okay, well, this was the other day when we did um, two parks in one day. We did Magic Kingdom to Hollywood Studios, which mm-hmm. is, first of all, exhausting. Second of all, it is it was the nth degree to hell. And it was so it was hot. So hot. Oh, uh, hell. That's what Keenan says. <laughs> hell. I can't even do it. It's so crazy. But anyways. I'm gonna wake him up and tell him to come do it. She had two cups of coffee full of creamer. There it was literally off white. Like that Coffee, was... co- Mom. Mom Mom. It was fine. Look at me. It was <laughs> not fine. Um she had two cups of coffee. We got to the parks and for breakfast this woman decided that she wanted to have a cattail, which is essentially um, it's fried flat. cake.
1: No, no, no! It's just like the chocolate turnovers that they used to have at Arby's, and I'm still mad at Arby's that they don't have these <laughs> chocolate turnovers because they were the best. Oh my God, Sierra, Sierra Ballard. This was me and her every day. We'd talk about. We would just dream about our
0: chocolate turnovers, and they took them
1: away. What well, Arby's! She, the cattails
0: taste like the, the chocolate turnovers. The cattails. She'd have a cattail, which was. Chocolate turnover. It's a dessert. (laughs) Then it's breakfast. It's a pastry. We lunchtime came around, and you know, my dad and I are like, we've got to get some substance. So we went and got, you know, good thing get
1: protein. Yeah, we
0: got we got chicken. It was great, and we ate and had nice waters. And here's mom and Keena coming around the corner with their Dole whips, (laughs) and I'm like, what? I like to spend my calories on things I like. It, no, guys, it gets worse. <laughs> this is where it gets... So we're like, okay, so she's had a cat tail. She had two cups of coffee, a cat tail, and now a double whip. whip. Then we park hop over to Hollywood Studios. <laughs> she's been... <laughs> she's been munching on popcorn, mind y'all, this entire time. Like, we have this little refillable popcorn bucket, and she is munching on popcorn. We get to dinner, and I'm like... I'm going to probably get something out of the park because I'm not starving because I ate a good lunch. So I'm going to get me like a, a, like a frozen lemonade or something. And she's like, I'm going to Starbucks, and I'm getting one of those carrot cake things.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's like,
0: <laughs> it's like a
1: – like it looks like an ice cream sandwich, but there's not ice cream in it. And it's like two big pieces of carrot cake, and it's got like cream cheese in the middle. I, th- I think it, a whoopie pie or something like that. But it's only at the Starbucks – in Hollywood Studios. See, I'm on this Facebook group of all the snacks in in Disney World. And they requ- and I've got a whole notes thing on my phone. And it was on my list. And I was like, I'm going to get that. Man, it was good. Look, and everybody was eating off my plate. Because everybody went, well, you couldn't eat it because you would die. But <laughs> it had a little bit of dairy in it. Just a little bit. Um, that was my dinner. It was good.
0: So, to recap, <laughs> she had two cups of coffee. A cattail, a doll Whip, <laughs> and then a carrot cake or pie, and popcorn good. all day long. That's good. That's all I need. Y'all, <laughs> I'm sorry. but I That's would, why I'm fat. Because I, like, I like my sweets. Mm. You're not. So dangerous. First of all, you're not fat. Again, second of all, I don't know how you're not throwing because oh, it's good. Because, yeah, it is good. But does your inside say, hmm, give me more? Like, yup, sure does. It's, <laughs> I would beg to different My little belly says, hmm, give me some more. <laughs> I think I just beat a little. <laughs> okay, well... Here we are.
1: It's been an hour long podcast. Dear god, we didn't even think we would have enough to talk about for 10 minutes. We we're like, what are we even going to talk about? We didn't about? even answer people's questions. We just oh, went on well. tangents. But this is uh, this is my life. My life is one big tangent. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should have called That's the podcast. My <laughs> life is one big tangent. That's what we should have called the podcast. Yes. My life one well, big tangent.
0: There is a lot more where that came from. We have many tall tales to tell.
1: They're not tall tales. They're the truth, unfortunately. But people are going to be like, "There's no way this is real." Dear God, it's real. It's real, right? So, life in the dream house, life in life in the pink house. It, what, what is the name of this thing? Again? Life,
0: <laughs> <laughs> life in the pink house and, and beyond. Okay, <laughs> Buzz. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> but y'all let us know drop it in the dms
1: maybe okay so give us topics because if you don't this thing's going to be a mess and it's just going to (laughs) be
0: tangents the whole time (laughs) people like hearing our tangents maybe so but yes let us stay on track next time keep us on track because we will need that desperately so i will put once a week a questions bar on my instagram story and label it life in the pink house and beyond. And beyond. And beyond. <laughs> and you all can ask questions about what you want to know. I mean, we'll tell do us. What-
1: just give us topics.
0: Like, you know, talk about this for X amount
1: of time. And we'll be like, bet. We can do
0: that. We <laughs> the challenge. Barbie can't do that, but <laughs> Barbie can't stay on topic about no, no,
1: x, y, and Z for twenty no, minutes. No,
0: no, no, but we will do we will cover a lot more. I know we've talked about doing a, a whole episode about DCC. yeah, obviously, we will do a whole episode about what high school was like for both yes. of us. We both have very interesting, yeah, high school stories mm-hmm. and yeah, we're just gonna cover all the bases with this, but <laughs> today kind of, and we gave you a little nibble on everything. A little nibble, <laughs> it. This, a little nibble it in this in this um, podcast. <laughs> but thank you all for you know like and subscribe, as Keenan would say. <laughs> if you don't like it, give it a big. Thumbs down. I'm to- I'm don't tell him, don't, don't tell them tell him do that. that.
1: <laughs> Side note Keenan when he was five wanted to be a YouTube star. So if you really search out there, there's a YouTube channel. I don't I think it's called like Keenan the Dinosaur or something. Keenan Garrison. Okay. It's well, he have <laughs> like several little followers. I'm like, who in the world is gonna follow this? Nobody. But plot twist, it was him. He made all these <laughs> extra
0: accounts to follow himself. <laughs> Like them people on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, we know you, boo.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. We should do a whole topic about haters.
0: <gasps>
1: that would be a good one. I agree. Oh, God. I'm going to get in trouble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> and with that. <laughs> and with that, I bid you adieu. <laughs> goodbye. goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tune in next time for another interesting
1: life of- in the pink house. With <laughs> you don't know the name of that. And Beyond and Beyond with Barbs and Marissa.